happened on this uh, three-day weekend and uh, Memorial Day we were set aside a day to uh, honor and remember those who have died in the service of our country and uh, if you have your Bibles this morning I invite you to turn to Revelation chapter 21 just a couple announcements in the bulletin remember be praying for camp uh, coming up starting next Sunday is teen camp and then upper elementary camp in two weeks and lower elementary and pre-k camps in three weeks so um, be praying that the Lord would move and speak to hearts and pray for those that are uh, the adults that are teaching classes and uh, the preacher and uh, various ones having things to do with camp and uh, look forward to uh, hearing good uh, reports and remember next Sunday will be our last uh, nine o'clock service as we wrap up the book of Revelation so uh, be sure you come back uh, next Sunday and I did want to mention all of you are here Wednesday night so uh, we've been praying for Dawson Muck and uh, Wednesday night I told he had a swallowing test on Thursday um, and he passed it and his first meal was steak and mashed potatoes so uh, <laughs> I know it probably was the best tasting uh, steak he had in a long time because uh, it's been several weeks since he's been able to have food. And uh, even though it came from a hospital, it probably was still good to him. And uh, so, uh, but continue to pray for him as he uh, recovers. And he's got, he's got, he's made a lot of progress, but he's got a long road ahead of him uh, yet as well. So um, pray for him uh, as he recovers. So uh, Revelation chapter 21 um, you know, as we wrap up this vision that God gives to. Uh, the Apostle John, uh, he reminds us again that uh, Jesus wins. We talked about that last week, that it's ultimately uh, the Lord's victory. And it gives us uh, a part in uh, that victory, and that's hammered home again in this wonderful vision that John has. Um, and it's the last um, section of... Uh, visions. He starts each kind of section with, now I saw, and uh, then he tells us what he saw. Uh, and so uh, let's take a look at what, what John saw. He said, verse 1, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. And then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming uh, down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice uh, from heaven saying, Behold, uh, the, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and will be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no uh, more death, no sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit the things, uh, all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, 
uh, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And the one of the seven angels who had uh, the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me, saying, Come, and I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, uh, the holy Jerusalem, descending out uh, of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Also, she had a great and high wall with twelve gates uh, and twelve angels at the gates and the names written on them, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. Three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. Now, the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he who uh, talked with me had a gold uh, reed to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. And the city laid out as a square, its length is uh, as great as its breadth, and um, he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. Its length, breadth, and height are equal. And then he measured its wall, 144 cubits, according to the measure of man, that is, of the angel. The construction of its wall was of jasper, and the city was pure gold like clear glass. The mountains of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the third emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, and the tenth chrysoparse, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each individual gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb was its light. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth shall bring glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut up all day, there shall be no night there. And they shall bring glory and honor to the nations into it. And there shall be by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. And so John in this uh, begins sharing what this uh, angel showed him. Uh, he shows us things that are brand new. Uh, and God had promised way back in the Old Testament. Remember we've mentioned several times that we studied the book of Revelation. It's hard to understand Revelation if you don't understand the Old Testament. Uh, because there's so much of the Old Testament that is fulfilled in the book of Revelation. Uh, a reminder to us that when God makes a promise, he's faithful to keep it, and it may not come, that fulfillment may not come when we want it to, or how we want it to, but it will come. And it will come exactly how God intends for it to come, in the way that he knows is best. Uh, and so God encourages his church with that important message, that, um, you know, God is faithful uh, to his promises. 
And we hear all kinds of things from uh, Ezekiel and Isaiah here in this 21st uh, chapter. Um, you know, there were uh, some of these um, stones, uh, precious stones that were on the, um, that were the foundations, the 12 foundations. Some of them were, of, uh, were on the breast, breastplate of the high priest uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, some of them were on the, the wheels uh, that we see in the book of Ezekiel. Uh, so you see all that kind of uh, imagery kind of conjuring up to our mind. Um, and so John reminds, hey, listen, it may look dark and bleak now, but God is ultimately going to win, and when he does, this world is going to be entirely different. It's not going to be like it was. One big thing is there's not going to be any oceans. Uh, however, that, that works out. There, there'll be water there because in the next chapter it talks about a river flowing. Uh, but there's no oceans. Uh, there are a lot of people who have different ideas about whether God remakes uh, this earth or whether this earth just ceases to exist and something new uh, comes. Um, but there's a change that takes place regardless of what opinion on that question you might uh, come down on. Uh, and so he talks, John reminds us as he begins to wrap up uh, this vision in this book of Revelation, he reminds us of uh, three important things. And the first is this, that there is a new presence in the new world. When the new heaven and the new earth comes, However, that happens, um, and we won't know for sure how it happens until it happens. Uh, now, people written all kinds of books, and preachers have preached a lot of sermons about how they think it might unfold. Uh, they may be right, they may not be. Uh, but uh, one thing to note is God knows how it's going to unfold, and that's what matters, and it will unfold exactly how God intends for it uh, to unfold, but in this new heaven and new earth, God is not up there, and we're down here. The greatest thing about heaven, not the streets of gold, but the most glorious thing is the presence of the Almighty. That Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are not out there anymore. They're, we'll be right among them. And what a marvelous thing that will be, and I think that our minds, our human minds, can't wrap itself around that reality fully. Um, but, you know, it's a wonderful thing now to be able to come in God's presence. When we come to church or, you know, we feel God's presence here. That's a marvelous thing. But it pales in comparison to what eternity will be. God will finally fulfill the promise that he gave to, in Isaiah chapter 55 when he said, you know what, I will be uh, their God, they will be my people, and I will dwell among them. And so, no longer will we be separated, but we'll finally be fully in the presence of the Lord. But one thing that will not be present there, and so, uh, will be sin. And it will be disease. And it will be tears. 
where pain and sorrow will be done away with. And God will make all things new. And however that transpires and works itself out, the things that we thought were so horrible in this world, we're not going to think about anymore. It's not going to bother us anymore. It's not going to impact us anymore. How I look forward to that day when we don't have to worry about teenagers shooting each other. And wars and just horrible things that are going on all around our world uh, and in our communities. That None of that stuff will be there. So you know what? Liars, and by the way, liars are in this list of folks that aren't going to be there. And so that tells that God takes lying pretty seriously uh, as he does every other sin. God doesn't degree sin. Uh, and so he says, listen, there's not going to be uh, those that defile, uh, anything that uh, defiles or causes an abomination or a lie. Only those that are written in the Lamb's book of life. And so God reminds us that, yeah, it's going to be a brand new place and a brand new day. There'll be no sorrow. In fact, not only will there be an absence of evil and sin, there'll be an absence of the sun and moon because we won't need it for light. Because... Jesus is the light. Remember, he said that in, in fact, John's gospel is where he says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No one comes to the Father but by me. And John picks that imagery up here yet again and reminds us that the the crystal um, clearness of that city not only shows its purity, but it's uh, the fact that it is you know, so pure, it reflects light. Uh, it reflects, what is that light? The light is Jesus. It says that, you know what, God is that light. And so because God is there, the sun and moon aren't needed anymore. And so he reminds us of how important, of this great truth, that there'll be a new presence. But then he also says there'll be new print, a new prince and princess. Uh, in, uh, he says, listen, for I'm going to be with them, um, and then they are going to, I will be their God, and they will be my son. Um, and so John reminds us of this important truth that God has been unraveling all the way back through Genesis, all, all the way up until this point, God has been showing how he desired to have a relationship with mankind and how God was working that out. And, you know, we preach and we know and we're thankful, you know, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians, uh, that all things are made new. When, if anyone is in Christ, all things are made new. The old has gone away. And so John reminds us of that reality that's fully realized when we get to heaven and we spend eternity uh, with the Lord in this new heaven and new earth. And so he said, he reminds us that, hey, listen, you, you're royalty. 
You will reign with the Most High, Scripture says. So John reminds us and is encouraging us, and God's encouraging John because he's, again, remember in in the midst of persecution in exile in this island of Patmos, I said, hey, listen, don't worry about where you're at now. Remember that you're a prince, that you're royalty. And that you one day will reign at the right hand of the Almighty. Because you are a child of the Most High. And nothing can change that. Well, how do we know that we're a child of the Most High? Our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. John is going to reiterate that, and he already has a few times, and he's going to hit it again uh, before we get done. But the Lamb's Book of Life, this list, uh, this book um, that, that God keeps, and who's in that book? That has put their faith and trust in God for salvation. Those that have accepted uh, Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, uh, since the New Testament, and those that lived in that Old Testament age, those that put their faith in God, knowing that, that God was going to send a Messiah. Uh, they didn't know how it was going to work out, but they trusted God. Remember, Paul tells us and reminds us in Romans that Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And that's how we get into the Lamb's Book of Life, is that God accounts us not by our wickedness and not even by our own deeds and not by our merit but upon whether we've put our faith in God or not and that's the only thing that matters so God said you know is your name in that lamb's book of life and John reminds us today he was reminding his readers in that first century, you need to make sure your name is in that book because judgment is coming. It may not be today and it may not be tomorrow, but it is coming as surely as we're alive today. And so God reminds us and says, listen, there's a new presence and a new prince, but then also lastly he reminds us that there's a new palace. And what a vision it's hard for us to to wrap around uh, all of the description of this palace of this new heaven and earth you know this new city of jerusalem this dwelling place of god that comes from heaven uh that's twelve thousand furlongs and you know you and i we don't have any idea what a furlong that doesn't mean anything to us but twelve thousand furlongs is about 1400 miles it's a long, long ways. That Brother Bill's going to show you this map. Brother Bill, put this up. Uh, Brother Bill, put this up. <laughs> uh, so that's Pearl, Mississippi at the bottom. The, the map's not here, but uh, 1,400 miles north is Winnipeg, Canada. And so that helps us put it in perspective. And the city of New Jerusalem is that far long. And that far wide, and that far high. It is a big, big place. And it's a beautiful place. 
When Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a, a mansion for you, and a, a lot of preachers have preached a lot of bad sermons on what that mansion might be. Uh, and that mansion is not uh, a mansion like we think of as a Beverly Hills mansion, uh, but the word in Greek actually means room. Uh, and the idea is, and we find that bared out here in Revelation 21, that within this mansion there's lots of rooms. He said, my father's house there are many rooms. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. That where I am there you may be also. And so we're not going to have little cottages, you know, sitting through, you know, glory. But rather we're all going to live together. And the thing is, we're not going to mind living together. And it will be a wonderful, and that's why it's got to be so hot. You know, it's lots of people to fit in, you know, this city that's this humongous and uh, this tall. Um, the, the gates are interesting. A lot of folks ask, you know, what, what's the deal with the gates? Because they're always open, and they're not near as high uh, as the city. I think that's a pretty good question, and I don't have a good answer for us. But I know that the pearl that sat at those gates remind us of God's purity and reminds us that, you know, what man uh, sees value in riches and in these precious stones. Uh, pearls and all these other things that were um, made into uh, the foundations uh, of this new city. I think John's point in giving us this vision, you know, from the Lord, is that it's not what you think and what this world values is not what God values. And it's not what is important to God. Rather, God is what is most valuable, just himself. It reminds us that he is almighty, and he is everywhere. That he, as the Old Testament reminds us, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. In other words, he owns everything. He created everything. He made everything. And ultimately, he's going to recreate everything to bring it back to how he created it in the beginning. That it was perfect where he, remember, God and Adam and Eve, they dwelt together, they talked. God lived among. And because of sin, Adam and Eve were cast out of that garden. And death entered the world. And pain entered the world. That wasn't God's design. And by the way, God didn't cause those things. Sin caused those things. And sin continues to cause those things. Sin continues to drive mankind to do things that are absolutely heinous. That, you know, we, we see shootings and muggings and stuff in, in our community and around the world every day. And there's wars all around the world every day. People just doing crazy stuff. And sometimes we wonder, why does it happen? Why did God make this? Well, God didn't make it. Sin made it. And it's the result of sin. That's what God said would happen when sin entered the world. 
And the curse of sin is death. And sin does absolutely nothing but destroy and kill. Though it looks alluring, it is not. It's fool's gold. Old country song reminded us that everything that glitters is not gold. Uh, and God reminds us of that truth that, you know what, the things that you think, you know, the, the, this world will lie and connive against you to, because that's what sin does. And God is working and says, you know what, Jesus' death on the cross paid your sin debt and my sin debt and the sin debt of all of the world. That sin would no longer have dominion or power over us, but that we would have power over it. And ultimately, John reminds us and reveals to us by God's revelation to him that God is ultimately going to conquer sin and do away with it. And that rascal devil, as we saw last week, in chapter is finally defeated. And he has no power and no dominion any longer. And so, sparkling new is the theme of chapter 21 of the book of Revelation. That God, as he promised way back in the Old Testament, that he would live among his people and that he would make things new. That things wouldn't be the way that they were and are. But they would be something Totally different. And John says, you know what, the day is going to come when that ultimately comes to pass. As I've mentioned several times when we look through the book of Revelation, we don't know the day or the hour. Jesus said that in the gospel. He said not even he knew the day or the hour. And if anybody tells you that, you know what, hey, God told me he's coming back on January the 31st, uh, turn them off. Don't, don't pay them any attention. Because if Jesus didn't know, they sure don't. But one thing is sure, he is coming back. And so we better be ready. It's sooner to, and closer today than it was yesterday and 1900 years ago. He's coming back just as he came the first time. He's coming again because he said he was. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you, these mansions that he talked about. You remember he said, if I go away, I'm coming back again so that where I am, you may be also. And again, there's lots of questions that this raises. And we don't have answers. And that unsettles us sometimes, that we don't have answers. But if we knew it all and could figure it out, we wouldn't be living by faith. Part of living by faith, say, you know what, I don't know. I don't understand. And great old hymn, uh, one of the chorus said, I don't know about tomorrow, but I know who holds my hand. And that's what faith is. And faith is what matters. 
Faith is what gets us into the land's book of life and keeps us there. The Bible says, for without faith it is impossible to please God. But praise God, through our faith, despite our failings and our failures and our disappointments, God still wins. And we'll see that next week as we wrap up uh, the great book of Revelation and see the conclusion uh, of the matter. So I hope God will encourage us with that because we're living in difficult days just like John was living in difficult days. Um, And the truth of the matter is, the days will be difficult until Jesus comes back. And we'll have difficulty, and we should expect that. A lot of Christians leave the faith because they become disillusioned because they think it's supposed to be easy. And that things are always supposed to go their way. Well, the Bible never says that. In fact, the Bible says quite the opposite if we're honest and read it. Think of poor Paul who was on fire for the Lord and serving the Lord and was arrested and beaten, left for dead, uh, imprisoned multiple times. And yet he was faithful. And so we shouldn't be surprised. In fact, Jesus said, you know what? Don't be surprised if they hate you and if they revile you because they're going to treat you how they treated me, if you follow after me. And so the book of Revelation reminds us that, yes, though we will be uh, persecuted, we'll have difficulty and trials in this world, they'll pale in comparison to eternity. And we have the assurance, as long as we're in Christ, we have victory. And he's going to have the ultimate victory. And so we're so thankful for that, and I hope you'll be encouraged by that. I think that was why John wrote this, why God gave John this vision, uh, this revelation, was to encourage God's people uh, because they were in, in the midst of a difficult time. And God said, just hang in there and be faithful. Don't turn back uh, from your faith. Just, just hang in there. And uh, you'll see that ultimately you'll have victory. And so uh, we, and that's, again, don't always understand how it works out. We don't always have the answers, but that's what faith is. We don't have to understand it. We just have to have faith that it's true uh, and and live accordingly. So let's stand together. We'll be dismissed for Sunday school this morning. And uh, Brother George, would you dismiss us in prayer?